Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio with host Jerry Prokopovich. Our program covers all aspects of Civil War history, from the battlefields to the home fronts, and features guest experts, plus insight from your host as they discuss the most critical period in American history. Now, here is your host, Jerry Prokopovich. And thanks and welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. People sometimes write to me that listening to this show is dangerous to their wallets because it convinces them to go out and buy the books we talk about. If you think that's a danger, you won't want to learn about what tonight's guest does. He's Bjorn Skaptison of the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop in Chicago, and he's the host of the online show Virtual Book Signing, where you can not just hear the authors, but see them and buy their books. Well, now that you know about it, it's too late. You might as well join us and learn more tonight on Civil War Talk Radio. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You are listening to Civil War Talk Radio. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to prokopovichg at ecu. Dot edu. That's P-R-O-K-O-P-O-W-I-C-Z-G at E-C-U dot E-D-U. Now, back to Civil War Talk Radio. And welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, coming to you from the third floor of the Brewster Building on the campus of East Carolina University here in Greenville, North Carolina. It is an outrageously hot June day in 2014. Still air-conditioned in the building. They haven't turned that off to save money yet, but they will soon. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but even though I sit here and uh, swelter uh, through the summer in this building, I'm not speaking for the university, nor is the university speaking for me, and so on. Our guest will speak for himself, etc., this becomes important as kind of legal disclaimer uh, in the modern world of internet communication. What happens if a professor decides to write uh, messages in social media that are in some ways, well, it doesn't really matter what they are. If they, if they contradict the policy of the university, uh, I'm saying that wrong. We can always argue with policy. Uh, we don't represent the university. That's what I'm trying to say. If I say something outrageous, like Braxton Bragg was an awesome leader, then uh, <laughs> the university cannot be held responsible for that because I've, I've made the disclaimer clear right at the start of the show. And uh, that is not ECU's opinion nor that of the history department. It's just mine. And the same is true of all my colleagues. When they say something online or 
in uh, uh, on Facebook or anywhere. They're just speaking for themselves. And uh, anyway, that's that's the kind of issue that the department chair gets to deal with once in a while. Who's who's doing what in public? Uh, meanwhile, here at World Headquarters of Civil War Talk Radio, it is a very quiet week. Uh, my younger daughter Maria graduated from high school last Saturday. Congratulations to her. And she and her older sister are away for the summer at their summer jobs up in Michigan. Uh, my wife has gone off to a week-long training seminar for uh, English AP instructors. I can't think of anything less entertaining to do, but I'm not sure she can either. So I'm home alone watching hours and hours of World Cup soccer every night and uh, in the company of the two poodles, just staring at the screen and shouting, goal, when something good happens. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. And reading Civil War books and doing the other things that one does when no one else is around. Uh, Well, there are other things one can do, of course, which is listen to this show. Uh, This is the last show of the season. Uh, We'll be back September 3rd, 2014, when uh, William Blair will join us to talk about his book with Malice Toward Some, uh, uh, People Who Don't Like Abraham Lincoln. Uh, are the subject of his work, and we'll be talking with him about that. In the meantime, uh, I'll be driving around, uh, not driving the bus, but sitting on the bus of the Matterhorn uh, Travel Company for the next week, from next Saturday uh, through the following Sunday, uh, on their This Hallowed Ground tour, going through Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, looking at... uh, uh, various battlefields should be very interesting. Looking forward to that very much. If you have a few thousand dollars sitting idly in a week of time off, it's not too late to get a space on the bus. I checked today. There's still some room. But uh, uh, I get paid the same way either way. This is not a commercial. Just It's a lot of fun. And, uh, it's always a pleasure to see uh, occasionally some Civil War talk radio listeners. Uh, Frank Beecham will be meeting us. Uh, at Manassas, for example, on Sunday, uh, and talking about the, the soldiers' experience in the war. So it all ties together. But enough about what I'm doing. Let's talk about, uh, <coughs> excuse me, about uh, other forms of Civil War media. There is, of course, uh, the show's website, www.impedimentsofwar.org, where you can find out what's going on. You can donate to the show. You can by other authors' books. And there are other places you can go online to learn about the Civil War. Obviously, you know many of them. But a particularly interesting one, uh, one that that is almost the same age as this program and follows in uh, the same uh, idea of of using a, a social media format to reach people is something called the virtual book signing that is sponsored by and conducted from the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop in Chicago, the the, the mothership of all uh, Civil War bookstore sites. Uh, if you live anywhere in the central part of the U.S., you've already been there, and if not, uh, stop there next time you're in Chicago. You will not regret it. The virtual book signing, uh, Let's find out what it is by uh, talking to the host of that program. His name is Bjorn Skaptison, and he joins us this evening. Bjorn, are you there? Uh, 
I'm here, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Well, you, the, the first question that I have for you is how does it feel to have the, the tables turned instead of you interviewing authors, someone's asking you questions? Uh, what's oh, that's that terrifying. Like? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll get through it. One thing I suppose I should chime in with is uh, if a person watches virtual book signing, more often than not, they're going to they're gonna see the owner and president of Abraham Lincoln Bookshop, Dan Weinberg. Uh, I'm the uh, a guest host. I'm a guest host if my particular uh, expertise falls in line. But uh, I, And I, I do uh, uh, aspire to grow a beard like Dan's, but... Uh, uh, you'll likely see him if you watch the show more than me. Uh, I, I have seen it. You're right, both of you uh, on the show. And please give my best to Dan. He is uh, uh, one of my oldest, uh, longest acquaintances in the, the Abraham Lincoln world. Sure. I think the very first public talk I gave on Lincoln was filling in for him at a conference where he suddenly was unable to attend. That was twenty year, 22 years ago now. So, uh, well, let me ask you, how, how did you get associated with Dan Weinberg and the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop? I'm always interested in how people put together history-related careers uh, other than in academia. Sure, sure. Well, uh, uh, many, many years ago, when I first moved to Chicago, I moved here to begin an acting career. Hmm. And, uh, but I wanted to work at Abraham Lincoln Bookshop so, because I had from Kansas, where I came from, I had already known it. I got their catalogs. I ordered things from them. This was the job I wanted when I got here. And I came in, and I demanded a job. <laughs> Dan said no. Uh, and then uh, about a year later, the phone rang, and it was Dan. And he said uh, it had a turnover and that I want to come in and do some part-time work. Mm. Uh, and then about six years ago, we came up with the, he came up with this idea for virtual book signing. I had the abilities to to do some of the techno- technological end of it, and uh, we dived in, and I've been, uh, since 2006, regular full-time person here at the bookshop. It's, it's been uh, the job I always wanted. So you said growing up in Kansas, you already knew about Abraham Lincoln Bookshop. How, how did you come by your interest in, in the, the subject, the Civil War? In the Civil War? Oh, I was, I, I was born this way. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of us are, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, I grew up in the Kansas City area, and I guess it's interesting that right now we're coming up on a sesquicentennial, and uh, so I grew up uh, immersed in the Battle of Westport and Price's Raid and the war on the frontier, and uh, just loved that stuff and could run around. My dad could take me to the battlefields around Kansas City if he could find them. And so that's pretty much, that was my entryway to it, uh, the war on the Trans-Mississippi in the far west. So when you moved to the big city, then uh, the, the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop was the, the place to go. Did you ever yeah. consider, the, the what about schooling? Did you study history? Uh, for graduate school, and this was more recently. I was one of those people that got an undergraduate degree and then spent uh, a long time in a profession and then went back to graduate school later. I don't know if you're familiar with people who do that. 
Uh, I, I believe I am. I think uh, it's surprising how many of us have done that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I went to Loyola University, Chicago for public history, and that was just a few years back in the 2000s. So the, the, the show virtual book signing, I mean, show is not quite the right word. Is it a website? Is it a show? What? Well, I uh, think of it as a show call it? program, okay. but yeah, it's, it's, based on a, it's based on a website. It's a webcast. It's a live webcast, and uh, people who wish to watch it, they, they uh, at the particular time in the particular place, virtualbooksigning.net, they get on the website, and we'll launch a viewer right there from the website when the time is right for the show. Uh, video will pop up, video, audio, and there you'll see the host, and there you'll see the author. And uh, we start talking. We start talking about the Civil War and the books or Abraham Lincoln. It goes for an hour or more, depending on how much fun we're having. People can ask questions. There's an instant message function, so you can send in a question. The author will answer it for you. If you decide you want to buy the book, uh, you, you order it. There's an order form we, we happily provide for you. <laughs> uh, you buy the book, the author signs it, and we ship it out to you anywhere in the world. So it really is a, a book signing, just as as when you go to the bookstore and see one in person. The author does some speaking, and then people come up and chat with the author and get him or her to sign the books. Uh, so here, people have the same opportunity to to virtually communicate with the author. Is yeah, that right? They do. They do. Although th- there is an aspect uh, that's a little more like a uh, an interview show, a Q and A. Uh, early on, on the first couple of book signings, we uh, we thought that we would uh, go a thoroughly naturalistic book signing, and found out that we had people at home staring at an author signing books and not saying anything for an hour. So after one or two of those shows, we said, you know, we'll make most of it a an interview, a Q and A show with the author, and then we'll if a, a customer should send in a question, that question will preempt whatever line of questioning that the author has because we, we want the people at home, we want the viewers, the customers, uh, to get a chance to meet the author and, and say hello and get a question in and get a question answered. That's, uh, it, it's interesting you'd say you know, trial and error is how these things work out. Certainly mm-hmm. this show is this, the same way. Uh, I think the people who initially conceived of Civil War talk radio thought it would be like like talk radio terrestrially where people call in and uh, the, the the host, uh, me or someone else, would yeah. spew out ranting opinions based on lack of knowledge about anything, but uh, extreme conviction and my rightness. Like yeah, it, 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 I mean, there are, there are people like that, I suppose, who might enjoy that. But uh, it, it quickly became clear the, the interesting person on the show is, is the guest, not the... Uh, not the host or, for that matter, the callers, and, and we, we got away from the live caller idea. Now, it, give the name again of the website. Uh, we can't repeat that too many sure. times. It's virtualbooksigning.net. Uh, just remember that it's net.com, although I think we own .com now too. But go to virtualbooksigning.net, and you'll see uh, you'll learn everything you need to, to, to do to send us your email. We'll put you on the email list. So you get updates. Uh, we do monthly shows. The shows occur about every month. And, um, and then um, we'll send you email uh, notices that often include um, 
uh, notices about what's going on at Abraham Lincoln Bookshop and the antiquarian end and the documents and the manuscripts and the art and things like that. Now, if somebody goes to there right now, you're you're not hosting a show. You're talking to me, uh, or if they go to the website at two in the morning, uh, what do they see then when no show live show is on? Well, what they see then it's it's the the passive website when it's just sitting there. But there they can also see what the upcoming event is. Uh, for instance, right now they'll probably see an event schedule for July nineteenth where. <laughs> Joseph Fornieri is going to join us to talk about his new book, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Philosopher, Statesman. Um, so they can order, there'll be a form there and they can order the book and they can uh, uh, actually choose their own personalized inscription and the author will, will put that down if, it's, if they want to. Uh, they can also go to an archive page and see all of the previous uh, events. And so just like your show, I can go back and listen to uh, catch up on on your old interviews. Um, you can go back and watch virtual book signings from uh, years ago. Uh, if you want to go see one of the one of the shows that featured uh, James McPherson or Harold Holzer or Doris Kearns Goodwin or Jerry Prokopovich, uh, you can see those. And that's a good one, particularly that last one. <laughs> We're going to take a short break now and come back and talk more about where where you find guests. I have a keen professional interest in that question. So sure. we'll talk more with our guest, Bjorn Skaptison, about virtual book signing and the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop. We'll do that in just a moment when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. <laughs> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Civil War Talk Radio. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to prokopovichg at ecu dot edu. That's P-R-O-K-O-P-O-W-I-C-Z-G at ecu dot edu. Now, back to Civil War Talk Radio. And welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking today with Bjorn Skaptison of the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop in Chicago, Illinois, where he is the uh, sometime host and technological brains behind the virtual book signing website, which presents book signings online. You can watch, hear authors talk about their work, buy their books, have them sign a particular inscription to you, and the book will be mailed to you. It's it's, uh, a way to stay in touch with what's happening in the Civil War and Abraham Lincoln publishing world uh, without having to leave the comfort of your room. Uh, Bjorn, the question I'm starting to ask at the end of our last segment was about the guests you have on the show, yes. uh, the authors that you get. Uh, how how do you go about finding people to do this? And do you ever find people who don't want to do it? Uh, how, how does that work for you? Well, uh, to answer the second question first, there yeah, is, there's never an author that doesn't want to get out there and, and participate in uh, publicizing their book, or at least I haven't found I haven't had that experience yet. But uh, on the other on the on the first question, uh, uh, without uh, giving any insults to my friends and colleagues in the industry, the the good old the good old publishing industry is still a little bit. Uh, Opaque, I guess, is the word uh, for someone that wants to do business with them. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, what one needs to do in setting up an event like this, though, is to uh, contact the publisher, contact the publicist, uh, who's an employee of the publisher, and that is the person whose job it is to uh, to send authors out on book tours and book events and book signings and things like that. Uh, so. Uh, if you've written a book for uh, University of North Carolina Press, uh, I have a colleague. We have a you know a, a mutual colleague who's a publicist for that press, and uh, that person I'll contact that person. That person contacts you, and then we put together the details. Uh, the author does need to come to Chicago. This is not something that we do uh, over uh, over uh, Skype or some other kind of. Uh, you know, internet uh, discussion. The author comes to Chicago, signs the book in ink, in a pen, on the book, and you get the customer gets a signed book. So yeah, it's, that's the process: is contacting the publishing house through the public person of the publicist, and then finding, you know, uh, arranging getting that author to Chicago. We learn about the books by the publishing houses uh, providing us with their catalogs. Once a uh, strictly uh, paper 
item that came uh, once a year. Uh, but now they're all out there on uh, on their websites. So I troll their websites and see uh, see what books are coming up. And if there's something I like, uh, I contact the publicist and we get started. So I, I'm, of course, curious because I you know, have the same process, uh, finding people to appear on this uh, show. Mm-hmm. And I guess I have the big advantage that they don't have to go anywhere. They can do the show uh, at home in their pajamas, uh, over the phone or over Skype as, as they prefer. So there's no expense involved, and that's often a big right. deal because uh, uh, the authors can't usually afford uh, to travel around promoting themselves, and if the publisher is right. not funding it, then it's not going to happen. Exactly. Uh, so that, that that is interesting. The uh, What we do have, I think, that has often been a... Uh, uh, a, a selling point that has often been uh, decisive in these conversations is the nature, the internet nature of our program. Uh, we can tell uh, a publishing house that I understand you can't afford to send this author on a book tour. Mm-hmm. You send the author to Chicago, we will send the author around the world. Yeah, and and, and it stays online indefinitely that uh, exactly. somebody can, can learn about that book six months or six years from now so it's a, a big advantage to the bookseller to have right. have their authors out there well that's um it, it i find i do much the same thing in terms of uh, looking at catalogs uh do you have people solicit you to be on on uh, virtual book signing that that an author or a publisher would like to send an author yes it's starting to happen yeah uh it, it's we've been doing it for eight years uh, but it's it's starting to happen. Uh, the phone's starting to ring, and I start to get emails from certain publishing houses, uh, publicists that we've had successful events with before. Hey, I want to send this author. Uh, can I get this author on virtual book signing? I, I have some of that happens here as well. One difference is I find I deal mostly directly with authors. Uh, I'll sometimes contact a publicist and say, can you put me in touch with an author or, or relay mm-hmm. this message, and they'll call me or email me. Uh, and that that will work out. But I find, I don't know if it's because they don't have to travel, so there's no expense to be on, on Civil War Talk Radio, that I will get the occasional email from somebody who's written a book, often a self-published book, often a self-published work of historical fiction. And uh, that's... There's three strikes, um, self-published historical fiction, and they're contacting me. Um, it's not going to happen. Uh, not that, that I have, you know, I have no objection uh, to people who want to to do that. I'm sure some of the historical fiction is excellent, but uh, you know how many books come out every year in, in Civil War scholarship? How many hundreds? True. And it, it's hard to expand beyond that. Do you do historical fiction in your show? Uh, very infrequently. Uh, I think in the last few years we've hosted uh, uh, one or two authors who are fairly well known and had major publishers behind them. So uh, uh, Jeff Shara has been on. Yeah, he's been on this show too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, um, uh, oh, I can't remember his first name. A good author named Carter last year at a speculative. Uh, legal drama about what would have happened if Lincoln survived the assassination and then had to be put on trial uh, Mm. for impeachment like uh, Johnson was. 
Interesting. Uh, is that Tom Carter, maybe? Eh. Huh. No, I'll, maybe I'll consider. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll look for that. Uh, but I, I would not necessarily uh, recommend that. History mm-hmm. is a genre, and certainly the subgenres within nonfiction writing are are there's a lot of them. So we can definitely put on one show a month every year without ever leaving the topic of nonfiction books about Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War. Yeah, there is no shortage, that's for sure. Yeah. Do, do you see any trends in Civil War publishing or scholarship uh, through, through your keeping abreast of what's coming out? Uh, yeah, you start to see, sometimes you see good ideas happening at the same time. Uh, you see authors uh, writing about things. Um, uh, certainly, uh, if you want an example, uh, uh, books based upon, books about Abraham Lincoln based upon the Abraham Lincoln legal papers mm-hmm. uh, are just starting to hit a, uh, uh, just starting to really accelerate. Uh, I would say that the Abraham Lincoln Legal Papers, a project that's been going on since the 80s, could have been considered finished and actually useful to historians within perhaps the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And it's an enormous database of primary source information, and it's only just getting tapped. So you're now starting to see a new genre of Lincoln literature appear, which is Lincoln Legal literature. Uh, so every year or so, we're going to see a book come out about one of his cases. Mm-hmm. We've had the Max and Slave case. Uh, uh, every year or so, someone's going to write a book that's not necessarily about Lincoln, but it's about frontier law, uh, because mm-hmm. they had access to that database of Lincoln legal papers, and now that's good. So you see that coming out. Yeah, you see trends develop in, uh, in, in scholarship and in popular writing, too. I find that fascinating. You make the point that it it doesn't exactly track the arrival of new sources, but but more than one book will come out uh, at the same time. You and I were very briefly talking when we were setting this up uh, a few weeks ago about uh, the environment in Civil War yes. history, that uh, you, you've got a series of books now um, – uh, uh, Nelson's book, uh, uh, Megan Kate Nelson's book. You've got the uh, uh, the one that was on the show very recently. I'm suffering the CRS syndrome. Can't remember stuff. <laughs> um, look at my own list and see who's been on the show lately. Uh, uh, the, the Nature's War, the book about the Civil right. War in Virginia and the uh, the disease that affected the. Uh, Right, uh, soldiers, and and there there are other books, uh, all suddenly picking up this idea of mm-hmm. the the war's effect on the environment. And you wonder, did these people war was a fine book about roads? Mm-hmm. Uh, so are these? There's a book about weather. Uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, coming out. Yeah, so, and I and someone was going to do that eventually. I think a lot of a lot of people have thought. Uh, Hey, if there was a huge thunderstorm at Spotsylvania on the 12th of May, 1864, what happened in Tennessee on the 10th of April, 1864? You know, the, those kind. And now we have data that can, and people interested that people can write about that. Um, but in terms of, yeah, in terms of uh, um, 
environmental history, uh, I noticed uh, a book that came out. We had the author on virtual book signing, Mark Fiji, mm-hmm. uh, called The Republic of Nature a few years ago. And that book was designed to be a call to environmental historians to uh, take a step away from their, their comfort zone and start looking at how nature affected the traditional event-driven narratives of history that people are used to. So in that, in that it was episodic, and so Fiji wrote about what was the natural impact on the Salem witch trials and what was the natural impact on the Battle of Gettysburg, um, you know, nature. And, and soon after that came out from Fiji, I don't know if Mark Fiji was intending this, we started to see these manuscripts that clearly had been being written all the time. Right, they had to have already been underway. Yeah, and I think that's a signal that those uh, environmental historians that used to be down the hall behind locked doors, I guess, (laughs) or at different universities have suddenly noticed the Civil War and realized that nature played an enormous enormous part in it. That's right. Catherine Meyer was the historian whose name was eluding me for a minute there. So, yeah, it it is – really interesting to me how these things come out all at once uh you know how different trends develop people ask me i'm sure i've asked you you know how do you uh haven't we run out uh, of things to talk about uh, yeah you know has the lincoln theme been exhausted uh is a question that james randall was asking uh, 100 years ago or 80 years yeah. ago and the answer then was no and the answer still seems to be no uh, yeah we're just it, starting is there a danger of exhaustion? Can we mine this vein till it's dry? I don't believe so, Jerry. I don't believe so at all. Uh, not only do we have new primary source stuff coming up, like the Lincoln Legal Papers, uh, every generation of new historians is going to look at it based on a new a new perspective. Um, and so... Um, you know, people could have written about the nature and the Civil War 50 years ago, but they didn't. They didn't come up with those ideas. Um, they might not have if there hadn't been uh, movements in, in scholarship and in popular culture toward thinking about the environment, thinking about what nature does. So um, I think we're going to continue having great – I have a lot of uh, uh, confidence that Historians are going to come up with great ideas for for a long time. So that, that's uh, I, I share your optimism. I do think that will be the case. The the books come in. I you mentioned calling publicists to get uh, materials, and I I, yeah. I often do the same thing. Uh, uh, Gina at UNC Press, for example, is great yes. at sending yes. stuff. Uh, but often, uh, and, and there are a number of presses now that will just send me review copies, and uh, then I'll contact them and say, you know, let's get this author on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that works out. It means the office fills up with books I don't have to pay for, which is nice. <laughs> Not that listeners should stop sending donations. There are uh, presses who don't send the review copies or authors who, who don't. But uh, the question I wanted to ask, uh, I, I have had authors – uh, not want to be on the show. I'll, I'll find an interesting new book. I'll call the author. Usually, uh, professors will call their department, get in touch with them, and occasionally, not very often, they'll say, uh, "You know, I, I don't really want to do that." And oh. uh, I, 
maybe they don't know what we do here. Maybe they think I really am going to rant like a talk show host. Uh, but I wonder if there's there's a difference between the academic publishing world and the uh, the, the trade publishing world in terms of how authors want to get their their civil war books out do you do you see a difference i see a difference uh i i may have just been lucky in that i haven't had uh authors who are not interested in the program of course i have the advantage the advantage on my end over over uh, what you do with this great program is that i actually sell their book mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of the program, they can they can see that fifty, seventy five, one hundred books have been sold, um, and that's money. So, uh, but the um, uh, but the other thing is, I I think that authors um, uh, in, between trade and academic authors, I think that maybe they get it through their mind that there is a publicity aspect. To their uh, to this book that they've written, uh, and now they've moved out of writing. They move into selling it, and uh, maybe it just some to some of them makes more sense to uh, to go sit somewhere where it's going to sell. Um, but I don't know. That, I don't know that for sure. Like I said at the beginning of my response here, I think maybe I just got lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think uh, I mean if if an author doesn't want to do. Uh, any show or any publicity, obviously, it's not a good thing to require him or her to do it. It won't be fun right. for anybody. But but most people enjoy talking about their work. That's certainly been my experience. We're going to take a short break from talking about uh, your uh, work and come back in just a minute. Uh, but a question to, uh, to think about over the break is uh, who, who you consider some of your, your best or favorite or most uh, entertaining uh guests that you've had on the show and uh, maybe you can do this without naming names uh, the worst Uh, when did things go wrong Uh, so I'll put you on the spot with that question when we come back I'm talking today with Bjorn Skaptason I'm Jerry Prokopovich and this is Civil War Talk Radio Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Civil War Talk Radio. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to prokopovichg at ecu dot edu. That's P-R-O-K-O-P-O-W-I-C-Z-G at ecu dot edu. Now, back to Civil War Talk Radio. And welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm talking today with Bjorn Skapteson of the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop in Chicago, Illinois, where he uh, conducts the virtual book signing uh, website, uh, a webcast, a live program that you can watch live the way you can listen to this show live, but you can also download and watch at your leisure uh, when after it's been archived, where you can see authors not only talk about their books, but sign their books and sell you their books. Uh, so you get uh, some of the features that we do here where you find out what authors are, are thinking and learn the story behind the book and the added advantage of being able to actually go out and buy it while striking while the iron is hot before you have time to rationally think, do I want to pay the rent or must I buy another Civil War book? And the answer is... <laughs> correctly is more books uh so first edition signed first you can't can't beat that the um the the question i left with you at the end of the the last uh, segment was about guests on the show and uh, the question that, that people will ask me if if they're if they're civil war folks they've probably heard of the show at some point and they already know but uh, if I try to explain to someone what a podcast is and what I do uh, with my off hours on Wednesday nights, they'll ask, uh, do you ever have anybody famous on? So I'll ask you that question. Do you ever have people, uh, who's the most famous person you've had on, on the program? Well, sure. The, well, the most famous people we've had, or at least the ones that spring to mind, are the people who are famous in this fairly narrow genre of history that you and I love to read. Uh, so we've been very lucky to have uh, James M. McPherson on the program mm-hmm. a couple of times. Doris Kearns Goodwin uh, uh, debuted our program uh, with her mm-hmm. book, Team of Rivals, in 2005. 2005, and then she was here recently with uh, Bully Pulpit. Uh, and then um, uh, when um, uh, when uh, uh, Senator George McGovern wrote a small Lincoln biography, he came on virtual book signing, so we had a chance to meet with George McGovern. Ah. Um, so yeah, for, for me, with my particular uh, uh, nerdy mania, these are some of the most famous people, and I'm very excited <laughs> to get to say that I've met them. It is fun to do that, certainly. Um, have you ever had interviews that didn't just didn't go well? Uh, for yeah, that not, happens. Not necessarily a bad guess. That's maybe a harsh way of putting it, but uh, sure. I I can think of one example, and you you invited me not to say the name before, and I think I'll take you up on that. But it's a it's a fine. There's a fine Civil War scholar, very senior in. In the arena, both you and I know him. He's a great guy. Uh, and he's been on our show twice. And both times he's written a paper that he intended to read. 
as though it were an academic conference. Ah, interesting. And, <laughs> yeah, and both times we uh, had to work with him to to let him know this is a question and answer program. And both times we did end up with having about you know ten or twelve minutes of our program dedicated to uh, a man on a camera reading from a paper. That's from my point of view as the producer of the show. That's that's deadly. Yeah, it, it's tough when you go to a conference and people do that. Uh, some know how to do it well, uh, but others, you think, if that's all you're going to do, then just you know, send me the paper on, online and I'll read it at home. Yeah, the uh, gentleman's books are magnificent. It, it's it, it, absolutely. It, it, it's not a reflection, as you say, on the individual, but sometimes yeah. the medium throws them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started doing this, I think the very first first month, uh, the previous tenant that I, I think I did the fifth show the first four were done by other people Harold Holzer who you know well uh, did did one of the shows before me and so the the people organizing it had lined up the guests without uh, so I just sort of took over I didn't know who they were and one of them and originally I sent the guests the questions uh, mm-hmm. in advance so do you do that do you let people know what you're going no. to ask them no we just assure them that the questions are going to be about their books yeah, and, and that should be enough. People you know, ought to know about their own work, and that, that's certainly what I do as well. Uh, you, know, you and I didn't uh, rehearse this, or I didn't send you any list of questions. But when I first started not knowing any better, I did, and I think the second show where I had done that, the guest came on, and I said, so, you know, how are you? I'm fine, and let me tell you about the research process of my book. And he went ahead and answered all 12 questions in the first 10 minutes, uh, <laughs> leaving me with nothing to talk about for 48 more minutes. It yeah. was uh, disastrous. So uh, I guess you learn lessons like that going forward. That's true. Uh, what about your own uh, history interest? Uh, have you thought about writing anything? Do you do any presenting? What, what's your own sure. special area? Sure. Well, uh, my specialty, what I enjoy more than anything else, uh, is doing um, programs for people at historic sites. And I had the privilege in uh, graduate school of getting to work as a National Park Service ranger, a seasonal NPS ranger at the Shiloh National Military Park and Corinth Civil War Interpretive Center. And so... The uh, uh, the form of doing history that I love more than anything else is the battlefield type. And taking that form and trying to find ways to change it and evolve it and make new and challenging programs for people on the sites of historical events. And uh, so I, I've done that, and that's led to a lot of speaking engagements. Uh, people see the stuff at Shiloh, and I, get, I go to... Uh, Civil War roundtables and so on, and then I've done a little bit of writing for uh, for journals, um, for uh, uh, most recently for the Journal of the Illinois Historical Society, uh, and then I can say I'm currently in the middle of a of a manuscript that uh, I hope to see be a book, be my first book before too long. Uh, do you want to tip your hand on that, uh, or are you sure. still? What are you writing about? No, I know it is. It's uh, it's uh, a unit history, and it's a unit history of uh, the Chicago Light Artillery. Ah. And, uh, so thus far, I've been able to produce a couple of essays on 
Chicago Light Artillery at, at Shiloh and Chicago Light Artillery in the Vicksburg campaign. And uh, they're really interesting guys. Um, I think what I like best about the unit history form is it's a terrific way to connect a community that produces these soldiers and then to the uh, operational experiences of soldiers in the Civil War. So Chicago Light Artillery, we have these Chicago guys, uh, uh, probably uh, 400 or 500 of them over the course of the war. Uh, from Chicago, they have that experience of being in Chicago in 1858, 1860, 1861. They go to war. They have the experiences at Shiloh and Vicksburg and Atlanta campaign. Uh, their opinions about the city that sent them to war evolve and change. Their opinions about the war evolve and change. And uh, you end up with a really interesting narrative, and you also end up with enormous, with a lot of fodder to uh, really dig deeply into some interesting themes and topics. You can talk about emancipation when that comes up. You can talk about battles when that comes up. You can talk about issues of masculinity and uh, uh, courage and cowardice, these topics. Uh, that ties in, I guess, with the question I was going to ask about your presentations at Shiloh. And I, mm -hmm. as I mentioned in the introduction, I'm going to be uh, taking a bus tour through uh, Virginia battlefields uh, next yeah. week, and always fun to do that. But I find what if I'm uh, on a tour situation like this, where not everyone is a Civil War buff, sometimes the wife has uh, treated a husband to the tour, or vice versa, one spouse is really engaged, the other one not, uh, you can't stand in front of the, the cannon with your arm uh, on the wheel and just talk about military details, uh, or you lose a big chunk of your audience. Absolutely uh, true. So, so what do you do? Uh, well, what I find is, uh, well, first, I, I have a lot of faith in the, uh, in the people that come to see <laughs> the program. Mm -hmm. uh, usually, that's not misplaced. Uh, the vast majority of the time, people are willing to follow a presenter who has a really good idea for a program. Uh, so in the same way, you would want to try to think of an interesting new angle, an interesting new approach to a topic uh, that you wrote a paper about uh, or a book. Uh, you can do the same thing, I find, with a, um, uh, with a battlefield hike. Uh, and for instance, as uh, since I was actually in graduate school when I was also doing this thing at Shiloh, I was I got the net, the normal uh, academic challenges that I'm sure you'll recognize of, yeah, but what about race and what about gender and what about class? Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what I want to talk about, yeah, Bjorn, but what about race, gender, and class? Uh, so I thought about that when I was a ranger at Shiloh and doing these programs, and I thought, oh, well, either I can get grouchy about that and say I'm not going to do it, or I can try to answer those questions. And it turned out that, I guess I got lucky again, Shiloh is perfect as a battlefield for having race, gender, and class all come together on the battlefield during the battle and give you great uh, opportunities for uh, programs on the battlefield. So as an example, at Shiloh, we were, I was able to put together a program about non-combatants uh, since there were so many non-combatants in the Union camp when the Confederates attacked it, 
Um, and uh, so that included the contrabands who were hired as assistants. That included women who were in the camp. That included women who later came down and helped the soldiers. Uh, class is always going to be present on Civil War battlefields with the uh, you know, rich people leading the regiments and poor men's sons doing the fighting. It turned out a really good program. And so I found that just by trying to find a unique way to even include familiar challenges in the program, as long as it's site-specific, as the mm-hmm. NPS always lectures the rangers about. It has to be site-specific. You can do almost anything you want, I think, with one of these topics. That That's a great, uh, a great explanation. Uh, it, as you and I and anyone recently in... Uh, and even not recently, in the last 20 years in graduate school, knows uh, the, the race, class, and gender are the, the, the current paradigms for understanding American history or any history uh, that will evolve as, as history interpretation always evolves. But there's a tendency for people in the Civil War community to just say, you know, that's I'm not interested in that social stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a much better tendency to do what you just suggested, which is to find ways to integrate it without losing, without without confessing the lack of interest or utility in battlefield history, in straight military history, in command history. So, uh, those things all have their their importance as well, and it, it's uh, when when one brings them together, then you get these new insights uh, that you didn't have separately. So that's. I mean, we, you know, Bell Wiley was revolutionary when he wrote about the common soldier in the 1950s. Oh yeah, and, that, and now everybody thinks of that as like just oh, everyone knows that that's standard work. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, thing, things come around, and uh, uh, everyone yeah. will, will think of things differently uh, soon. And I can't say for sure, but I w- I would be willing to bet that Bell Wiley did battlefield hikes for somebody during the 50s. And uh, my guess is his readers said, tell us about the common soldier. Tell us about the experience of, you know, Billy Yank and Johnny Reb uh, mm-hmm. here at Kennesaw Mountain Battlefield. Well, with just a minute or two left, let me put you on the spot with a very challenging question. Uh, okay. Uh, favorite Civil War book or author? Uh, okay. Um, yeah, that is a challenging question. And uh, I think I will uh, demure, since we only have the one minute, into Mm -hmm. saying my favorite Civil War book about my favorite topic, the Battle of Shiloh, is due to come out in November. I've already had a look at the manuscript, and it's magnificent. Uh, So my answer to your question is going to be uh, a book called, that you have not yet yet read, probably, called Mm -hmm. Shiloh, Conquer or Perish?, by Timothy B. Smith, ah, formerly okay. of the National Park Service and now of University of Tennessee Martin. Uh, right. I hope that doesn't seem like too much of a dodge, but uh, uh, but it is my business to sell it, and I've seen it, and it's magnificent. It's going to be the new. It's going to be the new Shiloh. Well, Tim I'm Smith. I'm already like googling University of Tennessee Martin to get Tim Smith's uh, current address so I can call him tomorrow and. <laughs> Get him on Civil War Talk Radio this fall or as soon as his book sure. comes out. Uh, I'll shoot you uh, and, and I'm sure you'll have him on, on your show as well. 
Absolutely. Uh, to sell some of those books. Uh, Tim, he's been on this show a long time back. I can't remember what uh, uh, his topic Corinth? was at the time. He's written a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, Corinth, Champion Hill, and then about the history of national military parks. Several yeah. good books on the history of national military parks. That might be what, what we had him on here for. But, uh, yeah, he was, he was very good in this uh, I have an informal five-year rule not to repeat people uh, because you know so many people write book after book. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we could have Harold Holzer on every week, probably. <laughs> um, Tim was on in 2006 and talking about public history in Shiloh. So, he, hey, that's more than five years. He'll be back. There you go. Excellent. Well, we are unfortunately out of time, uh, Bjorn, but it's, it's a great pleasure just talking shop with you, and uh, uh, I wish you the best of success to virtual book signing. Thank you very much. It's great talking to you too, Jerry, and I wish you the best of success in public history. We share that passion. We, we certainly do, and listeners, as always, thank you for listening to Civil War Talk Radio. Thank you for embarking on a part of American history this week. Civil War Talk Radio with Jerry Prokopovich can be heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.